It's, uh, it's 2020, guys. It's Christmas time. Can you guys believe it? Christmas time in 2020. It really is uh, quite amazing. Maybe we thought we'd never make it to this point, uh, right? To the end of the year, uh, perhaps. Uh, and it seems to me that the sentiment of many, uh, in- including myself, I'll be honest, uh, has been, uh, let's say, an, an over-enthusiastic desire uh, for 2020 to go back to the pit of hell, right? Where, where it came from. That's kind of been the sentiment of many people. And, it, you know, it's been funny to kind of see uh, how, how, how creative people have gotten onto the Internet throughout this year. Of course, from remote learning to remote working uh, to stay-at-home orders and shutdowns, it really has given people opportunities to poke fun at, uh, at 2020. So I wanted to share with you guys a couple of uh, 2020 memes, uh, some of the ones that I found interesting or funny, because after all, we have to try to find humor in all this, even if it's just to hold back the tears temporarily, right? Uh, Christmas time is around the corner, and there's a little game that families all over the U.S. play. It's called Elf on a Shelf. You guys know this game? Uh, so I wanted you guys to check out this, this, year, this year's uh, Elf on the Shelf. It says 2020's Elf on a Shelf just arrived. Uh, some of you don't know who that is if you're, if you're young. That's, uh, that's Chucky. Let's just say you don't want him to be your Elf on a Shelf. Uh, churches have been having a difficult time throughout this year as well, of course. And they've been trying to figure out, do we meet in person? Do we continue to meet online? Uh, and if we do meet in person, how do we do that in a safe way? Uh, so that's why I really appreciate what this church did right here. You can read the sign. It says, Jesus sat the 5,000 in rows, but not this one. Just don't sit in this row, right? And then, of course, this one is my personal favorite. Uh, DJs at the club, the first day that they open up. If you made it to 2020, let me hear you make some noise. This is me at the club, right? The first day they open up. But the, uh, the saddest thing I got to say that I've ever seen, do you guys agree with this? It has to be this picture right here. It's Santa Claus wearing a mask. Isn't that like, how depressing is that? I mean, how's he supposed to eat his milk and cookies with the mask on? You know, I'm glad that we can poke a little bit of fun um, at, at this type of stuff, but let's not kid ourselves, right? This year has been traumatic. Uh, for all of us in different ways. And now we're at the end of the year, and it's the time of year when it's supposed to be the happiest season of all, isn't it? We're supposed to be full of good cheer and, uh, and bright and merry, but that's just not the case right now, is it? In fact, one of the staples of the New York City experience is going to see the Rockefeller tree. And even that is not the same. They managed to suck the fun out of going to see the Rockefeller tree. You know, you, you uh, once upon a time used to go and, and fight the crowds and be elbow to elbow with everybody to go see it. Now you got to like reserve your time slot or something and you only get five minutes to go take a selfie with the tree or whatever. Uh, I don't know, but it's like all the fun and the magic has been sucked out of Christmas in New York City. So I think many of us are asking the question that the song that you just heard is asking. Where are you Christmas? Why can't I find you? And maybe that's the question that you're asking yourself this evening. And you know that it's not the holiday that the song is referring to, but it's really the question that you're asking in the song as well. is like, where's the joy? Where's the happiness? Where's the wonder? Where's the laughter that Christmas exemplifies? Where is it? But I think it's extremely appropriate, you know, when you consider the, uh, the emotions, when you consider the turmoil when you consider the strife and the fear that is actually experienced in the original Christmas story, the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And what we see in the Christmas story 
Is God choosing a, a recently engaged, young, impoverished girl to birth the long-awaited Messiah in a political climate that was ruled by a diabolical king who thrived on carnage and murder? That's the actual Christmas story. So if you're here today and you're asking yourself the question, where are you Christmas? I want to try to look into God's word to find that answer for us today. Because at the end of the day, Christmas is all about Christ. So really what we're asking is, where are you, Christ? Where are you, Jesus, in the middle of our hardship? God, where are you in the middle of our grief? God, where are you amidst our fears? So if you're taking notes or you're following along, uh, number one is this, where is Christmas? Where is Christ? Christ is in the exhaustion of the journey. And Luke chapter 2 is where we find this Christmas narrative, this Christmas story, the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Here's how it begins. Luke chapter 2, verses 2 to 5 says this. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. In other words, Joseph was from uh, the town of Bethlehem, and this, this, uh, this decree, this uh, census, meant that he had to travel all the way back to his hometown. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged who was now expecting a child. Mary was very young and she was very pregnant when she heads out on a journey from Nazareth to Galilee. We're talking about a 100-mile trek, almost 100 miles, by foot or perhaps on the backs of donkeys. Some scholars say that it could have taken upwards of four days but realistically, it was probably somewhere between a 7 to 10 day journey. This was before Lyft and Uber, right? He had to walk all the way, 7 to 10 day journey. Now, you ladies uh, that have birthed children would know better than me, but I can't imagine that this would have been an easy journey for Mary. Couple that with the emotional toll of the journey, including the fear Mary would have walked around with being pregnant, as a, young, as a young lady, just betrothed or engaged to Joseph, which would have been a massive offense in their culture. This was equally a mentally and emotionally and physically exhausting for, for, for Mary, exhausting journey for Mary. The Christmas story actually begins with an exhausting, tiresome, burdensome journey. And this is exactly where some of you are today. You're exhausted, you're tired, you are stressed out. And there's always some of that during Christmas every single year. There's always the, the burdensome or the stress of, of the year. But this year, it's in a completely a new level. This year is different because this year the pressure is insurmountable and you are mentally, you are emotionally and even physically exhausted to a point that perhaps you've never been in your lifetime. But what I want you to realize that if you find yourself in this exhaustive journey, 
It means that you're going somewhere. A journey means you're traveling. It means you're going somewhere. The fact that you're on a journey means that you're in a journey. And that means that God can bring about some purpose in that pain. You see, Mary's exhaustion wasn't without explanation. Mary's pain wasn't without a purpose. She was set out on a journey that would ultimately fulfill God's promises to his people. This baby that she was carrying and would eventually birth, would grow up to be the God-man, Jesus Christ. Her pain was part of God's plan to fulfill his purposes. If you are exhausted, if you are tired, if you're in pain, remember that it is not without purpose. Central to the Christmas story is a journey of exhaustion, but it wasn't without purpose. In the middle of your current season of exhaustion, Jesus is present and he's bringing out purpose in the middle of your pain. To be the man or the woman that he's called you to be. Forming your character and molding you to be more like Christ. Where are you Christmas? Where are you Christ? Number two, Christ is in the humility of the manger. Verses 6 and 7 in chapter 2 of Luke says this, And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. At the center of the Christmas story, there's no elaborate or luxurious arrival of the king who would remove the sins of the world. He didn't arrive in a chariot of fire. He didn't come riding on the clouds. He came in the form of a baby born to a pair of impoverished teenagers, get this, in a manger. When Joseph and Mary arrive to Bethlehem, they try to uh, find some sort of lodging, but there's none because the census brought many people into the town. So they have to settle for essentially what would have been like a barn. And they don't have a crib. They don't have a bed. They place Jesus in a manger or a feeding trough for animals. That's where Jesus is born. You know, the Jews were expecting the Messiah to arrive in some sort of elaborate or triumphant fashion. But instead, God steps off his throne in heaven to lay as an infant in a deplorable, stinky, dirty manger. Central to the Christmas story is an attitude of humility and vulnerability. And this is where some of you are today. Because God has used this year, God has used this season, God has used 2020 to humble you, to cause you to realize that you cannot do this life on your own. That you need God's power and that you need God's strength and that you need His might and that you need His hope in order to stay afloat. You know, many, many pastors preach in the beginning of the year in 2020, uh, they said 2020 is going to be a year of vision and clarity. 2020 vision. And it was a message so full of hope and positivity. But now, currently, you can barely see the end of the tunnel. And this is a humbling season. It's a season to realize that perhaps, perhaps you weren't so dependent on God as you thought. That perhaps you thought you were doing pretty good on your own without Him. But you have arrived to the point where you are now. God has used this season to humble us. And we need to allow 
this humility to bring us to our knees and onto a greater dependence on Him, to realize that we need Him, we need God, that we are nothing without Him. As much as my lungs needs the air to breathe, that's how badly I need God. Where are you, Christmas? Where are you, Christ? Number three, Christ is in the isolation of the fields. Verse 8 in Luke chapter 2 goes on to say this, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in, a strip, in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Shepherding was an extremely lonely job uh, that was done out in the fields away from the hustle and bustle of the city. Most of the time they were away from the crowds because they had to lead their flock out to pastures in order to graze. And the most important time for shepherds was the evenings. While everybody else was winding down and getting ready for bed, the shepherd was wide awake and on guard because he had to make sure in the evenings to protect the sheep from any thieves that would want to come and steal them or any prey that would want to come and kill them. So they had to protect their flock. Shepherds were generally impoverished and they were somewhat outcasts of society. But when God wants to break the good news of the birth of Jesus Christ, who does he appear to? He appears to shepherds. He appears to them and he tells them the good news. He doesn't go to a packed out temple. He doesn't go to King Herod's stadium full of people. He appears to the lonely and lonely shepherds out in the fields in the middle of their isolation. And this is where some of you are right now. The pandemic has cultivated a culture of isolation and loneliness to the degree that we've never experienced. I had a friend tell me that he feels as if he were in prison in his own apartment. He related the isolation he sensed to that of the feeling of being locked up. And at a time of year where we're usually doing ugly sweater Christmas dinner parties and where we're usually doing Christmas karaoke nights, we're unable to, because of the suggestions put out by our local uh, health professionals, to avoid large gatherings in the time being in order to prevent the spread of this disease. And this has created a sense of loneliness and isolation that we simply, simply do not know how to cope with. And yet central to the Christmas story is shepherds who were alone, who were isolated, and who were outcasts. Yet God chose them to be the first ones to receive the good news. If you are alone, if you are isolated, you can have the comfort of knowing that God has promised us to never leave us and to never forsake us. The Word of God says that He is near to the brokenhearted, that He comforts those who are in need, that He is with you in your isolation, that He will never ever abandon you, that He is close. And in His closeness, He proclaims the good news to you. The good news that Jesus was forsaken and that Jesus was abandoned on the cross of Calvary for your sins so that you would not be forsaken or abandoned. 
And because He died and rose again, you have the promise of not only the forgiveness of your sin, but an eternity forever close to your Heavenly Father and your brothers and sisters in Christ in an eternal party where we will feast and there will be no masks in heaven. Hallelujah. Where are you, Christmas? Where are you, Christ? Jesus is present with you in your isolation. And here's uh, the last thing, number four. Where are you, Christmas? Where are you, Christ? Christ is in the praises of his people. Luke chapter 2, verse 16 goes on to say this. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. And the shepherds went back to their flocks, get this, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard. After seeing and experiencing the glory of God's provision in the birth of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the shepherds went back to their homes, to their villages, and to their community with hearts overflowing with gratitude and praises to the God Most High. Now get this, their situation had not changed. Their problems, their issues, their poverty, none of it changed for the shepherds. But none of that stopped them from singing praises to the one who superseded all the issues that life could throw their way. Their situation had not changed. Their vocation had not changed. But what changed was that they met Jesus. And all because they saw Jesus, all because they saw God's promises fulfilled in the person and work of Jesus, they got a glimpse of the one who would remove the sins of the world. Brothers and sisters, friends, my church family, we have a decision that we need to make. We have a decision to make. You need to look at all the emotions and all the feelings and all the exhaustion and the sense of being overwhelmed and you need to decide how you will respond. Many have chosen to drown their sorrow in their work. Others try to smother it in vices. Some try to bury it in busyness while others just sulk in their sadness. Some have allowed, perhaps you have allowed, this current difficult and challenging season to separate you spiritually from God or emotionally from God's people, to close your Bible, to dread stepping into church, to refuse checking in on your brother or sister, to reject hearing from God through His people or through prayer. Or you can decide to praise God through it all, to lift your voice, to lift your hands, to bow and surrender in utter dependence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus the Christ. Central to the Christmas story is a group of shepherds choosing to praise God despite their problems because they had seen and experienced Jesus. How about you? How are you going to respond? Will you propel towards a posture of praise? Or will you recoil 
and continue in a season of regression. I invite you to praise God through it all. If you have experienced Jesus, if you have met Jesus, if he has made himself real to you, then I propose to you a posture of praise because Jesus is in the midst of your praise. The Bible says that God inhabits in the praises of his people. So I'm going to invite Hunter to come up here and he's going to lead us in one final worship song. And, uh, and I'm going to invite you right now to, uh, to invite him. Invite him in our midst as we praise him right now. I'm going to invite you to partake in communion in just a moment. And as we reflect and remember the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the purpose of his birth, which was for his body to be broken and his blood to be shed for the forgiveness of our sin. And so as we partake in communion, we will rejoice, not that only that he died, but that by the power of the Holy Spirit, he conquered Satan's sin and death, and that we are made new, and that we have the promise of an eternity that is secure in the presence of God. Where are you, Christmas? Where are you, Christ? He's here. He is present. He is in our midst. He's with you in your hurt. He's with you in your pain. He's with you in your isolation. I invite you to praise Him today. Let's pray. God, we praise you, God, for, for Jesus, for the forgiveness of sin, for the penalty, my penalty paid on the cross, and because you are present in the middle of our pain. We are exhausted, but we thank you, God, that you are with us on this journey. And we are humbled by our circumstances, by these situations. But I pray, God, that it may cause us to depend on you. Lord, you are present in the middle of our isolation. And we worship you and thank you, God, that you will not abandon us and that you will not forsaken us. God, I just pray all over this room for those of us that are hurting, those of us that are in pain, those of us that feel isolated, those of us that are drained, stressed, overworked, and that we're asking that question, where are you, that we may see and experience you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.